11 o'clock comics episode 71 Sense to those who do that. No, no, no. The top Tom, Tom always, always uh, put it in perspective for me. It's like, what? Someone's gonna make you stop? <laughs> it's just, it's just your own, it's your own choice. It's not like someone comes on and cancels you. So. Yeah, Tom puts everything in perspective. He's yes, he does. he's scary like that. He does that. He's very level-headed. That man. It's all those Silver Age comic books. They and all the lessons that they teach him. That you, yes, yes. Yep. All the Weisinger era Superman is spread. Yes. And oh, how low is this to put in her place? <laughs> Don't make me give you my Kryptonian backhand, woman. <laughs> Hello, people. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am Vince B. And I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And wait and a minute. I'm the, I'm the love child of Wade Wilson and Alan Greenspan. <laughs> so he's not oh uh mr wood cannot be here with us tonight it's his anniversary so he's yeah he's doing his uh husbandly duties and, i don't and, I, I don't want to know about all that but happy anniversary jason yes whining and dining probably his wife and having a good old time and we were gonna <laughs> we were gonna work around it but he just said no 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 go ahead do do the show so here we are uh, and then there were three. And then there were three. Oh, yeah, he was very he was very gracious in taking the week off. It wasn't, you know, it was like, oh no, you guys, you guys just, you know, go go on without me, and you know, I'll spend time with my wife. It's like, okay, if you want a night off, just tell us, Jason. You know, don't, really? have up, don't have to come up with this elaborate anniversary story. Well, really, I, I mean, how much is the contribution he makes? Really, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, Apparently, John Suntress doesn't mean doesn't think much. <laughs> that was a little bit. Um, that was harsh. That was that, hard to look at. But was, but it was one of those kind of car crashes where you can see the arm dangling out the window, and you're like, oh! But then you turn your head and look at it again. And Suntress trying to start a podcast feud. No, I don't think that's what John was doing. John <laughs> is just honest. That was, that was just some uh, what are the you know steel sharpened steel. Yes, <laughs> I guess. Rattle and sabers. Rattle and sabers. All right. Um, what's up? You want to knock out the drink roll call real quick? Sure. And All right. Mm-hmm. Th- this episode... Oh, is, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's cool. This episode is sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com on the web. Head on over there and you will be stunned at how cheaply you can get your favorite comics and other comic book related stuff from the previews catalog. 30, 40, 50, all the way up to 75% off on some stuff for their monthly specials. 
and their packaging is nice and secure and tight and they ship on time at the frequency you determine and they're just awesome people and you should be using them because retail is for chumps. How about Word. that? Yes. DCBService.com. Check them out. I, I, I buy retail. Chump. You buy, <laughs> but you buy full price retail? No, that's no. that's the chump uh, part. No, no, I have, I, have a, I have a nice poll list and, and I get a nice little discount. But uh, no, DCBS is great. Why and, pay and we, more than you have to? Yes, exactly. And, nego- and, and negotiate with your with your LCS. If they don't give you a, a discount and you you pre-order your books through them and have a pull list, negotiate nice with your That's with a your very LCS. good suggestion. And it's very yes. important to do so because there was a time when I did that and I yep. laid, laid out the, uh, the roadmap and said, look, obviously I can get these books a lot cheaper, but you're down the street for me. You want a deal? And they did. So it yep. could work for you. And if, but if they don't, then check out DCBS because they're a great right. service and they're yes. good people there too. And if you're ever in Fort Wayne, Indiana, go to their store because it's it's awesome. They got like every every create every collected edition ever on the face of the earth is Ooh. in that store. Did you that's, know? That's I was stunned this week. Uh, Borders issued a coupon. Uh, it was a piddly little twenty five percent off coupon, but any excuse to buy a collected edition is okay with me. So I was scanning the. Uh, graphic novel rack and i came across powers definitive edition volume one oh. which which is relatively inexpensive even at cover price i think it's 10 or 11 issues plus assorted bric-a-brac and it's only 29 dollars it must be an inch inch and a half thick and it was either that or x-force volume two so i'm like mm, what do i get and i did i know i eventually walked out with the x-force i'm sorry but did you know that that first definitive edition of Powers is out of print? Out of print? I couldn't believe it, it. Yeah, it's out of print and incredibly expensive and at the Amazon marketplace. So oh, is I, it? I, I would, uh, huh? It is, really? Yeah, I would I would scoop back to that Borders and pick that up because uh, you may have uh, trouble and picking that up in the future. Did. Well, maybe I'll do that because they usually kick out a coupon on Thursdays, too. So we'll yeah. see. We'll I, would, I would go back and grab that because, uh, you know, and to listeners out there, if you see that Powers Definitive Volume 1, that's pick it up because it's it's out of print. And it's awesome. It's well, it's really good stuff. I'll make sh- damn sure not to release this episode until late Thursday, <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case people in my area are listening. Uh, but funny. And by the way, I'm drinking Diet Pepsi Max, which Diet Pe- will mm-hmm. tie into a, a listener blog post that I'm going to read in a couple of minutes. Oh, goody. Really? <laughs> Give it attention? Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm uh, not a... I'm, I, I'm what, do what? You'll see. Just keep going. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm having... <laughs> I'm so schizophrenic tonight. I'm having a cup of coffee and uh, and sipping on just a little uh, a little shot of uh, some Templeton rye whiskey just to keep the pipes open. And I tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's a treat because uh, I don't drink in the middle of the week anymore, so it's a look forward to my my little little shot of whiskey or or, or whatever on Wednesdays now. Respect, respect. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna start doing that too. <laughs> it's it's wild. It's like it's like I can see colors again. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you, David? Uh, I am having a Negra Modelo. Hey, there you go. That, that's very popular in my neighborhood. That and, oh, cool. that and the the, the Tecate. Okay, that I've never had. Really? So what is that well, you'll black be, you'll, what? You'll be, you'll be having some in uh, in a couple uh, a couple weeks. Tecate is kind of like Mexican Budweiser. 
Oh, but the the thing that David's drinking, Negro. It is. It's uh. It's a. It's imported from Mexico. Dark. It's the only dark beer that. Oh, uh, okay. So that's where and, the Negro and, comes in. Yes, and the it's the first time I had it, and I'm sure I've said this before, was at Flatiron Joe's, which I don't believe exists anymore. When I was there for uh, the Mike Waringo memorial service. Oh, that's right. Yeah. More respect. I'll give you one too. Respect. Respect. Yeah. Vince, David, and Kristen Wood, I'm calling you in your neighborhood, cause I don't know how, I don't know how, but Larry Martyr's Bean World, a gift comes, a gift comes. The gift comes, 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 is better than the first volume. It's the most peculiar comic book experience. And the curly hairs are so cute. So I don't know how it's better. But it's better than being World One. Right now with Ringo, probably a good place to, to lead into what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yes, it, it is. And, and today is a monumental occasion. Once again, after seemingly forever, the flagship title of the Marvel Universe has regained its status as the world's greatest comic book magazine. Mary Jane is back. No. Oh, she's going back. I'm, I'm talking Fantastic Four. Today. Oh, the other book. Yes. John, flagship. Okay. But it is. It is. Jonathan Hickman, The Illegal Sham, Fantastic Four, 570 came out today, and holy crap, was it good. Who, wait. Go through, the, go through the creative roll call again. Who was I, it? Yes, because there was an error on the credits page. Jonathan Hickman wrote it. The Illegal uh-huh. Sham drew it. Paul Mounts colored it. Thank you. Well, I was going to do that. I always do that. It, it appears to me that Mr. Eaglesham is either penciling very heavy or um, inking his own work. I believe he is penciling heavy and turning the contrast up if what our uh, our buddy Jim Nelson said on the forum is correct. Ah, but it's working. Or, or if you guys would ever listen to the other show that I do. What's that? The one that had Paul Mounts and Tony Akins on this week, oh, and Paul yes. talked about the the process that they're that they're doing. Oh, called you out, didn't I? Now you listen to Got you. <laughs> I'm a little yes. behind. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Paul, who is a, a Chicagoan, and is in the next year or two going to, I think, tie. Um, he's getting close to doing um, as many consecutive issues of Fantastic Four. As Stan and Jack did. Good for him. More because respect. He has been. He has, he has been uh, he's been coloring Fantastic Four since uh, Mike Ruingo started yeah. doing the book, which uh, is that's going back a ways. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when was Ringo uh, doing doing Fantastic Four? It was the. Five years uh, ago? It was about 2003 because I have getting off topic for a second. A Comics Buyer's Guide with Mark Wade on the cover saying I was fired. From Fantastic Four, last issue to be five oh eight, which of course didn't last. Okay, so yeah, yeah, he's been he's been doing it for for a long time, but uh, um, yeah, he is he is coloring right over uh, Eagle Sham's 
um, pencils, and it looks like they're just um, they're kind of um, doing a, a higher contrast pencil. But man, it looks gorgeous, and I know Stunning. that David probably isn't the biggest fan of that of doing it that way because his love for inkers. But I, I think this works. Sometimes it doesn't work, but it, it works here. There's not a whole hell of a lot of difference between inked work and this. It, he's basically inking with the pencil. Yeah, I don't know if it, I mean, and because he has to put so much detail in, in pencil, I don't know if this saves time. I don't know if, uh, if, if this is quicker than if he was able to do it loose and then ink over it. I mean, I'm sure it's not double the work that way, but, uh, or even just hand it off to somebody else to ink it. But, um, first issue, I didn't, uh, I, I really have nothing to complain about as far as it not having an inker. Yeah, it'll, it'll look great. Susie's body's tight. She's tight. It looks like she works out like six hours a day, but she's not muscular. She's firm. She's you could bounce a yes, you could bounce a quarter off but, her ass. But who? But who is muscular in this? Reed More, is is kind of muscular. And, kind and you of. Know, yeah, he's 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 huge in this. But you know, it, and it struck me really early in this in this issue why I liked it so much is that is that Jonathan Hickman has done what should have been done to the Fantastic Four a while ago, he turned Reed Richards into Tom Strong. Oh. See, I look at Which Reed... Which is awesome. I look at Reed in this book, and I see Basima Sinnott Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a little bit of bulk to him, which could tie into the mindset that Reed is currently in. Let's set it up for the people who aren't reading it. A lot of this... First issue, which is 570 for those taking score, spirals out of Dark Rain, Fantastic Four. So much so, so that there were a couple things that I was a little bit uncertain about. So I read Dark Rain, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Any, any of you read that? I read that the first two issues. Okay. Reed is feeling massive guilt for his participation in the Civil War and the Superhero Registration Act and the Illuminati and eventual spiraling into the secret invasion. And he is something that's really strange for Reed. He's second-guessing himself. He's, he, <laughs> because everything he's touched has turned to shit in the last three years? Well, gee, I guess. <laughs> right. But and And he wants to settle his doubt by examining the permutations of his actions in other timelines. So he builds this device called the bridge, which allows him to see multiple realities, and he can track the decisions other reality versions of himself made and their eventual outcome. Like there's a a point where he filters out all of the events where uh, the superhumans didn't come to to blows and then he filters out all the events without Tony Stark's involvement and he Mm -hmm. gets a certain number and, and so he's trying to see just where did I go wrong? This is really cool to me because it um, Hickman is humanizing Reed. Sure. He's, pretty much the smartest man in the marvel universe but there was that self-assuredness that almost cockiness that he didn't have he didn't go out of his way to discuss his plans with his wife of all people or you know people around him the dark rain fantastic four version and the version that's in 570 reed is almost chatty He's going out of his way to tell his family, this is what I'm doing, this is what I hope to yeah. achieve, and there's, there's no well, subterfuge. This is beautiful. This is exactly what I hated about Civil War and Secret Invasion. 
Well, I, what what he what he did very very quickly, and th- this is going to be the first time that I read Fantastic Four in a long time. So I'm by no means a Fantastic Four expert. The last time I read it and enjoyed it was the McDuffie run. Now I I didn't read uh, the Miller Hitch run except for the first couple issues, and I heard it did get better, uh, and it ended up being a pretty good read. But uh, it's no pun intended. Um, but yeah. this I think is going to be the first time that that I'm on board with this for a while. And what I liked about it is that Hickman right off the bat established the family aspect yep. of of the FF. You know, Reed is telling, you know, bedtime stories to the kids. The the obvious connection between you know between he and and, and Sue and Johnny and Ben. He puts the family really at the center of this. But you know, Tom uh, on AC described FF in in the best way. When when the FF is good it's it's not just a family book. It's a family book that you know, or as he said, it's not it's not about a family that argues. It's a family that argues in the negative zone, hmm. and, and that's that's when the FF is awesome. And you can't lose sight of it being a family book. But also, you have you know the 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 huge awesome high concept stuff which this had in spades. I mean, you're dealing with you know the the whole thing with. The wizard. I mean, you put the wizard in there to begin <laughs> with, and that's awesome. But, but, but how you, stupid is the wizard? I mean, he's yeah, supposedly yeah, no. All, he's supposedly a, really a big brain, and he sends out power-specific robots to take care of the Fantastic Four. And Ben, who figures it out, right? He's a smart dude, but it, compared to Sue and but Reed, as, you know, as, not, yeah. as you see, once once uh, before you're even halfway into the issue, you you. You can kind of tell as as smart as uh, as the wizard is. He's there's something unraveling there. He's not too tight, and uh, I think the last time we saw him was during the McDuffie Pelletier mm-hmm. Magyar run. So um, he wasn't threatening then either, really. But uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah, the the wizard. But he did achieve something, though. Yeah. Well, in comparison to Reed, he's he's a C student compared to Reed's A student, but he's still a genius. Yes. Right. Uh, but and he did using? put the the seeds of doubt in Reed's mind. Even yeah. though he was soundly thrashed and beaten very quickly, he he put that dark spot mm-hmm. on Reed's consciousness. And that he went back to the bridge after telling Sue that he wasn't going to use it anymore and he wanted he, again he he's he's got that that self doubt that i think is really important to bring and read back to a little bit closer to humanity than he than he's been in the past and one of the my favorite things about this issue was the room reed goes into where oh, yeah, that, he, that's he, a, he uh, yeah the room of a hundred ideas right yeah. but he's got everything written on the walls and the yeah. the columns and the ceiling and everything that's a cluttered mind is is usually a sign of genius. Yes. If he has everything ordered in little tiny post-it notes or in a in a digital file, that's a little too orderly. This was a mess. It was good. It was all these ideas jumbled all together and again, they used the 100 idea thing, which is yeah. FF legacy. Yeah, I believe um we saw this room I think during the McDuffie run or was it was it during the Miller Hitch run? Well, it was before that. I think it was um um, so lead up to civil war is is what it was. Um, cause it was that was uh, um, it's when Reed the the whole calculation that that the path that they were going well yeah I know and 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 there was destroy the world right? and, and, and that was the negatives I just I I trying to remember if I'm pretty sure time. it was in the JMS run 
Yeah, I'm pretty but sure. I, t- I, I tell you where Hickman got me with this book was in the, the opening page, the first page, where it has the, <laughs> kind of the four, the list of four things about the Fantastic That's Four. That's not the first time this is used, though. This, this, is, this is a throwback to the way to Waringo Kessel run. Is it? Okay, well, this is, this is awesome. I mean, here is the description of the Fantastic Four. A team and a family of adventurers, explorers, and imaginots. That's yep. Wade. Yep. That's yes, awesome. <laughs> Calling them Imaginots is awesome. I love that. Love that. I, I, I love how it's got the four of them at the four points of the four. And then, of course, you have their their, their sons, their kids between Reed and Sue. The, the mistake that I mentioned earlier is, is listed in the credits because the the cover artist, the main cover artist or the standard, isn't Eagle Shaman Mounts. Yeah. It's an it's an Alan Davis cover. Um, God, look at Susie's stomach. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude! I, <laughs> if, if, God, if, it's, if it's a little unnatural, Vince. No, I love that woman. She's real. If, Don't if she, I have <laughs> to. If, if 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 I have to nitpick anything, it's probably the ad placement in the book. Yes, the uh, the first big splash page of, yes. the, of the team, and it's got the the good and the bad, the Marvel heroes yeah. ad that makes it your eye makes it want to be a double page spread. But it's this awesome splash page and this really garish ad on the other side, and you're just like, oh, I actually had to, I, I had to, I had to turn I had to turn that part of the book over and bend the spine over on yes, itself. Yes, I don't so I, I don't can, blame you. Can you? Oh, um, I, I so I so wanted to mention that. Thank you for reminding me, David, because that ad placement is terrible. Yeah, while, while we're on the subject of ads, and this is something that's been bothering me for a real long time, and I never remember to say anything about it. Flip to the inside back cover. The Fab Starpoint ads with the, the net, Marvel the characters all uh, sun faded. Is, is there a? It looks like there's a plate missing, and it obviously, obviously, there's not because these things have been running for months in this condition. Oh, really? Yeah, these have been running for at least four months, looking like this. And and every time I see it, I think that that just is that's a horrible ad. The colors are just disgusting. Yeah, all uh, off. Why would someone run an ad like that? It's either somebody doesn't care enough to check, or that's the way it was originally intended. Yeah, I've invented been a website. I don't know. It, it's it's ridiculous, and it's I would never buy their products just based on that ad. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what they look like, well. Well, while while we're on the last page, and I agree that ad's terrible. Um, you want to talk about the last page because I think <laughs> this this has every um, fan. So we're we're, we're going into this. We're pretty much spoiling this book, right? Oh yeah, well, yeah. We're spoiling okay. it. All right, I'm just I'm just throwing it out. That one, make sure people know. Okay, Reed uses the bridge again to access the multiple realities, and there seems to be a coalition of Reed Richards mm-hmm. called the alternate reality Reed Richardses called the, the council and the representatives of which take reed on a little trip and did you notice the uh on the one um page that looks like uh an mc escher building mm-hmm. where all the all the reed richards are milling about there's a symbol on the chest of one of the reed richards that i found really curious let me see here because you would look at all that um oh, well, oh I yeah, see. The Oh, the the bottom left, like the star brand. Yeah, he's or, got the star brand on his chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. That it is, is so kind of cool. Hard not to um, yeah, that is that is awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then and, he's and, talking to the breed with, with, where you can see who looks like. Uh, oh, what the hell? The, the leader. Uh, well, no. Um, the uh, oh, the I host, see what you're the, looking at. The the, the 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 Teen Titans villain who was one of the Brotherhood of Evil. 
Who's got Men- who's Mentallo. got his uh, brain? Is it Mentallo? I wasn't sure. If it no, was it's the, the, it's the brain, right? Because um, Monsieur Mala is in love with the brain, right? Right, yes. but this was this was the dude who who looks kind of. Um, they love each other, Vince. Okay, it's not <laughs> a one-way love. Tom is like, there. It's a mutual. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know who that is because I'm not. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, but okay. I know don't know exactly. So in showing Reed around, there's uh, an event. Galactus appears on Earth 2012, which I I thought was pretty pretty interesting that they called it Earth 2012. And um, was oh, that your whole into the Mayan calendar bullshit? Oh no, 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 no! I'm just, just his, no. It's a very curious number. Uh, so, and at the very last page is a, a splash page, and it showcases three Reed Richardses. The I'm assuming the guys that brought all these Reed Richardses together, right? Mm-hmm. And each of them has an Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. And they're all fired up. And that's maybe. a fully decked out Infinity Gauntlet, right? That's got all six gems. Yeah, it's no? got oh, all, yeah. all the gems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, loaded for it. bear. It's full on. Now, um, question. And and uh, you guys probably know this much better than I do. Isn't there, um, wasn't that one of the Illuminati storylines? Yes. Every, yeah, up? Each of the six have, have a gem. Okay. So. So our read or or six one six read has yeah. his gem, but he doesn't have a complete gauntlet. Right now, do you think they're they're going to go the the whole uh, DC multiverse route here? And is our Earth Earth six one six? I believe they, that, that that was coined by more years ago when he was on Captain yeah. Britain. So wouldn't and and it seems to be mostly I guess regulated to the Captain Britain. World of comics because yeah yeah but story I know yeah. we know they have multiple universes but it's really only the Brian Braddock stories where they kind of really go into alternate although now with 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 Hickman's mm-hmm. mini and, and now this that they, they're kind of expanding yeah, on that yeah so, embracing that a little bit which is cool I think but, so uh, yeah it's very cool yeah um one one thing uh that I thought was interesting that I th- is definitely set up and going to come back is uh, the the wizard uh, cloned mm-hmm. uh, uh, the younger clone the boy mm-hmm. that uh, that Frank that Franklin asked about and it, you just know that that that's going to end up being a bigger part of the story. Oh yeah, because yeah. Reed was a little too casual. Well, yes. you know, when things like uh-huh. this happen, they have to put them in services and blah blah blah. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, I think you know, that's going to bite Reed in one of the labs. The... God, Reed has him in a fucking jar. That's in a right. Closet. Stay in your vials. <laughs> um, Another thing that I was really um, grateful for was Hickman did not push Susie to the background. Yeah, Reed did not overshadow her. She was right. basically like, you know what? You want to go work on your little device? Go right ahead. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Right. So it, it wasn't like she's subservient to him in any way, and she shouldn't be. And he, he did that again in FF Dark Reign, where Susie pretty much took over. Because yeah. for my money, Sue's on Reed's level. She may not have the degrees or the, the pieces of paper that say that she's an intelligent woman, but damn it, she's pretty pretty sharp. Are you... Are it, are you more in love with any other, not just character, no. any, any other, mm-hmm. I mean. No, there's there's one woman in the Marvel Universe, and that's Sue, Sue Richards. I think it goes beyond the Marvel Universe. This is a little it could. Event. It could, it could. I try to get my wife to wear the costume with the four on it, but <laughs> it, she, not only will she not put what it on, but I don't think. cut out for? 
Oh man, I even like that too because the boots on that were like oh, stockings with the white garter belt. Oh baby, you're you're hilarious. I'm, I have I wanna, a problem. I want to go back. I want to go back to something I said earlier because I okay. I really think that Hickman is it, maybe not intentionally pulling. Maybe it's just something I'm reading into it. I really get a lot of Tom Strong out of this book. I love the 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 big beefed up, you know. Uh, pumped up look and read and it's it's something whenever i whenever i read tom strong it's like that's what a big heroic um mastermind genius is supposed to be like and i, and I, think, I think, think you're that, putting the cart before the horse a little bit i think tom strong was modeled after reed in a lot of ways yeah i think it's yeah. everything that's good about what that kind of character can be you know tom strong was kind of a you know doc savage type and and mm-hmm. all that you know and so all all these archetypes kind of pull on that but i like making reed kind of this um physical imposing badass on top of him being the smartest man on the planet i i think mm-hmm. is um I, I i think that character maybe needs that a little bit you know to okay. make it you know to up the cool level of it well, I attribute Reed's bulk in this issue to the fact that he has a lot of compensating to do for past indiscretions. So, in no, I think I think Eaglesham wanted to draw kick-ass Reed Richards. That's what I'm attributing well, yeah, well, that, to. That too, but I mean, I'm kind of justifying it with my own little silly explanation. But in nature, what does the male do to attract the female? Birds. They, Flies or drinks? They, they, they puff up their <laughs> oh. chests and they try and look all pretty and and, you know virile and i don't know maybe that's what reed's doing he knows he screwed up with the wife to a certain degree and maybe he's just trying to compensate i don't know it makes as good a sense as any but yeah he does look very fit and i like it and you know what else makes me happy is that he doesn't shave he's got the 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 scruff going on which is something that yeah it's something that a man who's more concerned with his thoughts than over his appearance would do but it's then cool. that would contradict yeah, but then, the whole. Then, right there, you go. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, there. Yeah, I, I, I like the Bushima Buckler era read. Um, don't forget Senate Eagle. Uh, no, can't forget <laughs> the anchors, dude. Um, That's right. It wasn't overdone. It wasn't subtle. But I love the little going to. Um, whether you go when, when, when Reed takes off the helmet and you see inside the clone's head or when he goes into his lab and with the, with the cute little, um, voice confirmation, uh, there's a lot of Kirby technology all throughout this issue. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the items on the FF prerequisite list. You have to have the obvious, um, notion of family and love. You have to have the, technological devices that are so advanced that they border on magic yep that that i mean that's just if you're going to write a, fa- an, a fantastic four series you need to check off certain things on that list and that those are two of them and the uh the playful antics between johnny and ben the the body language in this is is just perfect <laughs> Who else? I, I as far. I'm not talking as, about Sue. I'm just talking about the, the, just winner, the one, winner, chicken dinner. I love that he wrote that in there. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's expressions. And the one, the one part where the thing sticks out his tongue, and even his tongue is rocky. 
that was just that that was cool very fine attention to detail i'm loving this but then again you knew i was going to say that well, well I'm, after the I'm past year and a half, there's nowhere to go but up. The, uh, but let, let's be a little bit fair to, to Miller and uh, Hitch. It wasn't entirely without merit. There was some really good stuff in there. Like uh, Hickman knows that New Earth was a pretty good idea, so he's bringing that over into his series. I, I think that's a, an idea with a lot of potential. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I just, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this each issue because i think that this is a this is what the ff should be it's yes. it's and it should be up there on the charts too hopefully you, enough people you, you will buy it yeah, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the sales on it it's it's going to do fine um i'm worried about it being a fun and interesting story which it seems like it's it's off to i just don't want it to be overlooked you can have both oh, guys it's a fantastic fourth they could sell two copies a month they're never going to cancel that book ever no. Because no. it's the first Marvel book, I never worry about sales on Fantastic Four because it will that will be the the last comic that Marvel ever prints will be a, an issue of Fantastic Four. You know who I see in um, in his art, um, especially when he activates the bridge and we see the other reads. It's not so it's not so um, prevalent early in the issue, but as as the as we get towards the end, I, I see a lot, and I could just be looking too hard. I, I see quite a bit of Murphy Anderson. Wow. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. I see Dale Eaglesham. Real damn good Dale, Dale Eaglesham. That's yeah, right. it's 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 good. And it's pretty breakneck pace too. I mean, from the get go. There's yeah, you, you there's really not a, a right. Of, yeah. There's not too much downtime. Not at all. Love it a lot. So whatever happened with the engagement? What engagement? <laughs> There's uh, something the, the, in here that suggests that the wedding between... Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they didn't even feel like it was worth mentioning in any of the four points at the in the opening page, so... That's I guess sad. the less said, the better. I, uh, See, I don't, ben, yeah, I don't yeah. even know what you guys are talking about. I figured ben, that Alicia... Ben was engaged to be married. Yeah. To but no, not, no, 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 no. To a school teacher, uh... But I think she was affiliated with one of the groups or right. teams or bad guys or something during the run. She was a scroll. No. <laughs> no, they already did that. That was Alicia. I don't think they're going to go back to that well just yet. Oh, oh okay. So all in all, man, what a great start. <laughs> Good stuff. And I'm sure Good if Jason stuff. was here, he'd give it a thumbs up too. So four for four on this one. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he would. <laughs> we're, we're voting for Wood. You, you forfeited your vote, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Eddie Vedder, rock guard extraordinaire and frontman for the Pearl Jam. I'm here to tell you that by waiting for the trade, you are killing the comic book industry, as well as baby seals and koala bears, not to mention depleting ozone layer. So stop it. Just because waiting for the trade has never been easier doesn't make it right. I want you to go to your personal laptop today and start a pool list. O-T-C-B-S-E-R-B-S-E-E dot com. In addition to this being a hell of a comics day with Fantastic Four 570, and I know Chris is going to make little tiny squeaky noises when I mention this, but... Hulk 14 came out today, and I wasn't expecting anything, any major shakes from this issue because... Probably a good way to go into it. But no, it was penciled by Ian Churchill. 
whom, whose work I adored way, way, way back in 1997 when he was working on cable. Do you remember <laughs> his, his stuff from then? Especially issue 39, which had uh, Nathan in the microverse with Bug and Commander Ran and Marionette and the Psycho Man. It was fantastic. But then Churchill went over to D.C. and... As I've said before, I'm on record as saying this. His Supergirl stuff was not all that hot. David, you'll agree with me on that one, yes? Yeah. And in the in the interim, I read an interview with him that seemed to suggest that maybe there was an editorial nudge for him to change his style in the direction of an, let's just say, unfortunately, recently deceased artist. I can't fathom why they would do this. Yeah. But... But um, I'd love to know the name of the editor which bade him to work in this mysterious direction. Do you see what I'm saying? See what I did there? Yeah. Okay. But as of this issue, Hulk 14, holy mackerel is this good. Take a, a, a pinch of Cameron Stewart, a smidge of Bruce Tim, and a whole heap and helping of old school awesome Ian Churchill. This issue is amazing. You should see the artwork on this. It's really good. Really, it, when you're don't take my word for it. When you're in the shop, take a look at it. It's fantastic. It, it really amazing work. Doesn't hurt the fact that the Punisher's in it and Deadpool, X Force, Elektra. It's crazy good. And and Rolk, it it, it <laughs> it's perfectly suited to the place that Churchill is at now, which is mm -hmm. just a damn good cartoonist. He he dropped all that real funny anatomy he was sporting on Supergirl. Like there were some scenes where Supergirl didn't even look human. Like the boobs were in the wrong spot and the the she was way too <laughs> lanky and the hair was not good. This is very, very good. Very cartoony and we say that I say that in the best possible sense, as we've said before. It's fantastic work. Ian Churchill is back on the top of my stack after Wow. What is it? Eleven, twelve years? No wow. no, no no comments. Do you I not like Ian Hulk. Churchill? Uh, sure, I, Ian He's Churchill's great. great. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't read Hulk. I have, not yeah. since not since Planet Hulk. Wow. Is it is it good? Well, at least he didn't say since Peter David's run. I mean, if you don't like, <laughs> yeah, if you don't like fun comics, you won't like. Oh. Hulk. <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's, I don't. I it, only like serious comics, fans. Well, no, you don't. But <laughs> it, it's it's just a. Well, I've went in, I've gone into it before. It's just a unself-conscious slugfest with Marvel's most popular characters. That's what the the Hulk is. What's the role? The Red Hulk. Red Hulk. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. You'll, you'd like it. it it's <laughs> by for the, the art. Like it. The art I, is just. And this is his first issue. So, if anyone has not read Red yeah. Hulk, uh, based on past. Um, Output of McGinnis and Loeb. Give this issue a chance because I think Churchill could uh, would is worthy of the the second look. It's really tight, excellent cartooning, fantastic. Cool. Yeah. No, see, I love I love Ed McGinnis, but it wasn't enough to get me to to get interested in that story. Hmm. So, whatever. And I forgive yeah, him for what he did in World War Two. In Mr. World Churchill. War Two. <laughs> yeah, Churchill. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So what uh, else we got? Sorry. David, you, you said go? you you no, said you read a lot, Chris. Yeah, I want to hear what this lot was. Um, you like fun 
um, rompy red Hulk comics, and that's cool. I like really dark, seedy crime comics. And if you heard that about you, if you are a crime comic fan, we talked about Powers uh, for a a second or two earlier, which I I love. Powers is my favorite work that that Bendis has done. But if you are a fan of crime comics, you should be very, very happy with what's been coming out in the last couple months. And I have three books that I want to talk about real, real quickly, and I'm um, I want to keep them pretty, pretty spoiler free, but. there have been three original graphic novels that have come out in the last couple of months that if you're a crime comics fan, you need to take advantage of. The first one is uh, Darwin Cook's uh, adaption of Richard Stark's uh, Parker the Hunter, which we've talked about a little bit uh, on the show. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, if you were a fan of uh, noir-inspired uh, crime crime comics if you've ever seen the movie payback or uh uh what was the uh, the other version uh, oh the other crap the Lee point, Marvel uh, movie. yeah i want to say like point blank i think you might be right that, okay um we, we've talked we've talked about the hunter and and it, it is worth every single penny it's absolutely beautiful it's a great great crime story where there's really no hero there's a a protagonist, but it's it's really kind of one of the um, uh, early anti-hero stories as as anti-heroes became uh, popular. But um, a couple years ago, Vertigo announced that they were going to be coming out with a series of of crime OGNs. And last week we had our first two editions uh, of that line. And uh, the first one was Brian Azzarello and Victor Santos in their uh, uh, their book Filthy Rich, and the second one was, uh, or you can say second, they came out at the same time. Uh, Ian Rankin and uh, and Werther uh, Deladera, is that is that correct? Does that sound right? Uh, uh, Werther Deladera with Dark Entries, which is a uh, a John Constantine novel. So uh, I. I liked the the dark entries, the Ian Rankin book, and I really, really liked Filthy Rich. Uh, if you're a Constantine fan, uh, definitely pick up Dark Entries. Uh, I started reading some Constantine for the first time here in the last few months, and and I felt like um, you didn't have to know who Constantine was to get this, but I had read uh, Bad Habits, which was uh, the Garth Ennis. One yeah. that a lot of the movie was based on, and I felt like I was pretty pretty well served getting to know the character before I read this. It was it's a good Constantine uh, story. I don't know if I would call it a crime comic. It's more of a supernatural detective story than really a, a crime comic. But uh, but Filthy Rich was fantastic. Uh, not really groundbreaking, but just a really solid uh, noir themed. Uh, crime book. Once again, anti-hero, not really a hero in the book, um, just a, a down-on-his-luck uh, guy that, uh, you know, kind of falls for falls for a good-looking dame, and it gets him in a bunch of trouble, and uh, good stuff. But uh, uh, crime comics are, are really good right now and making a nice comeback, so uh, if you're a fan of crime comics, I would suggest all three of those. You know, it's odd that they chose to title the line uh, Vertigo Crime because, like you said, the Dark Entries is not a traditional crime comic, and it doesn't look like um, the upcoming Chill 
from Jason Starr and uh, Mick Bertillo Renzi, which is solicited in this issue of previews. It doesn't look like that's a straight crime comic either. It looks like there's a lot of supernatural elements to it. Have Have either one of you read the the dark entries? I haven't gotten Not one yet. yet. Mine will be coming at the end of the month. It's, I mean, it, it's a it's a Constantine book. It's really more of of him being kind of a paranormal detective. There's not really a crime that happens during the course of the book. There there's a, a murder that is kind of central to what's going on, but it's really more of like Ian Rankin's. Um, He's, it's kind of his his piece on reality TV. It's you know all of this takes place on a uh, on a reality TV show that uh, um, and I'm not spoiling anything. This is kind of the beginning of the book. Is that there's a reality TV show in uh, in England that is kind of set up like Big Brother, but it's uh, the whole concept is that it's a haunted house and it's a psychological experiment on these on these four I think four housemates and and uh, what happens whenever they get spooked but uh, but of course weird things happen and and uh, different things are are scaring the, uh, the the people in the house that that the producers of the show have not done so there's actually something supernatural and so Constantine gets called in but it, it was so very cool but yeah not not really a, a, a crime book really just more of a supernatural uh, supernatural detective book. That's probably the one I'll read first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I have Parker, and I haven't gotten around to it yet uh, because I, I did take your advice from both of you this week, mm-hmm. and I did I did read things that you've suggested that I get off oh my, my ass God. and read. Yes, Chris. Who said I was freezing over? <laughs> <laughs> Chris has said on a number of occasions how good Andy Diggle's Thunderbolts was. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I did read about six issues of that. I got the three after the Deadpool crossover and the three before. Far mm-hmm. superior to what Warren Ellis did with the book. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's a more likable breed of scumbag on the team. <laughs> because when you put Venom, a psychotic mass murderer, and you just put Bullseye, I don't think there's a more sadistic killer in the, in the Marvel Universe on a team. Yeah. That kind of turns me off. But mm-hmm. this this group, there is a lot of likable... I mean, they are thieves and killers and ne'er-do-wells, but there's something very likable about most of them. And, what, and the ones that aren't likable are just mysterious enough to capture my interest, like Ghost. That's a really cool character. Oh yeah, Ghost, um, Black Widow, and Irredeemable Ant Man are my three favorite characters on that team. Yes, and the what is it? The Headsman. He he seems like he has a lot more to him than just a you know a, a, an executioner. And uh, as of the last one I read, there's a, a real despicable cat called Mutant X that they they brought in, who <laughs> is is what is an ultimate killer. He's just kind of like the Taskmaster, where he's pretty much unbeatable once he picks up on your um oh, okay. on your on your fighting style but there was a major revelation in the last issue i read and i kind of saw it coming a mile away and i won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it but there's a little bit of things aren't what they seem going on in thunderbolts too and and the writing's tight so i gotta thank chris for pointing that out he was right for once and oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, trying this for a second time now that I have full bars on my phone. This is Arnie, Hardcore Scarecrow from the forum. I just uh, took a trip to my local library earlier this week, and I saw that they have a pretty large collection of trade paperbacks to read off what's included the Nobody by Jeff Lemire. Decided to pick it up, read it, thought it was good. More importantly, though, they had Fantastic Four next to Fell. They had Preacher next to Amazing Spider-Man, which was next to Torso. I don't know about you, but I see a pretty big problem with this. Amazing Spider-Man goes in the A's, of course. Anyways, love the show. Gives me something to listen to when I am driving, delivering pizzas to ungrateful people. Take care. David, who has a pretty good track record with me, as does the author of this series, David has suggested a number of times that I read Madame Xanadu. Oh, oh, oh. I, yes. You're going to love that book. I, as much as, I, as much as you like Thunderbolts, dude, I, I, I'll, I'll, I, I will go out on a whim right now and say that Vince loved Madame Xanadu. I would have to say that next to Fables, it has become my favorite Vertigo book. There you go. Which is saying ah, a lot because aside from Greek Street, I'm pretty much in love with any, everything Vertigo's putting out right now. Initially, when I learned that they were going to wait until the 10th issue was in the, in the can before releasing the trade, I, I was wondering why. Why would they wait so long? Because usually Vertigo trades consist of six, seven issues at best, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but after I read it, I completely understand why they did that because essentially it's a 10-issue origin story. Yeah. Which, which was fantastic amazingly well done obviously matt wagner is no stranger to magic mo- or uh camelot most of his work has a, a little subtext of magic in it yeah and i had no idea who amy Riedler hadley was before right. going into this where has this woman been <laughs> her art amazing, is amazing isn't it phenomenal so clean nice clean there you go yeah but the th- and i will say the first two or three issues just the character of madame xanadu is very in the shoujo manga vein with, yeah. the, with the big eyes but yeah, I, yeah. there's a reason why she did that it, did you, if you pay attention to the depiction of the title character over the course of these 10 issues did you notice in the first one two issues she's all wide-eyed and innocent but by the time you get to the 10th issue she's much harsher looking yeah. And and she her she almost has a squint to her eyes where before you saw almost all of the whites of her eyes and she just seemed to be like this very trusting very compassionate character but by the time the phantom stranger has had his way with her <laughs> she, she's she's road weary and she's she's experienced after what is it several centuries almost later. no it's a millennium yeah. I think yeah 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 King yeah, yeah. Arthur's time to uh, to well, past the the forties, yeah, it, it's like you can see the innocence just sucked out of the character with with every issue. Uh, that that was brilliant, and Wagner is smart enough to know that where you have Madame Xanadu, you have divination. So initially, she starts off with runes, then she moves into I think she's playing around with the I Ching at one point. I think, right. and she's. Uh, there's casting of bones in it. Then there's the tarot card. So it's all about her giving counsel to a succession of 
authority figures, but she's taking counsel from the Phantom Stranger along the way, and his advice isn't entirely altru- altruistic. He's manipulating her into mm. doing things for him to get the outcome that he feels is necessary. Like uh, Camelot falls in the first two issues, and she's pretty much uh, in bed, so to speak, literally and figuratively, <laughs> with Merlin, and the Phantom Stranger kind of manipulates her into turning against Fuck Merlin, but that bites over. Yeah, but that bites <laughs> her on the ass in the end. Mm-hmm. And the same with um, Kublai Khan. It, it's it's. Uh, then we have the Whitechapel murders and the Ripper. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. It is a very epic um, marching through time story and I mean, and through really... through dc history how many dc characters oh, yeah. were in this oh I, etrigan yeah, etrigan you had when, when, you had when etrigan Horton. shows up is awesome <laughs> yes it's just back there yeah. but now now this this is a vertigo title it right? is a vertigo title which is and really I, surprising that's not real they've really started to steer away from allowing um uh, mainline dc characters to to step into the vertigo world so to see phantom stranger and etrigan and it's but it's a throwback this series is a throwback to the initial days i don't know if we'll see we'll see so much of the phantom stranger this point forward and it's not like phantom stranger has his own book right now whereas the specter has popped up a lot recently in 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 the mainline dc we just see pretty much the specter's first attachment to Jim Corrigan. So since this was yeah. this was a story oh, told years ago, it's not. I, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I don't think we've. Yeah, seen it's it's like still this. it's still like you know Constantine maybe exactly. showing up in the in the JLA. That doesn't happen. But there's a no. there's a real uh, Day of Vengeance vibe coming from this, and I know it's not intentional, but it does feature a lot of characters that showed up in that miniseries. But the thing that really surprised me, they're not too lenient when someone wants to use a neil gaiman character a lot of times in the past it's been it's been either squashed or downplayed death is hey hey guys guys i i gotta go for just a second there's there's something wrong here i'll be ahead go ahead death is pretty much a preeminent what is it an issue eight where she has Mm, yeah she lays out the tarot cards with death and she kind of kind of trumps her pun intended i was really surprised to see one of the endless and she looked good. Oh, she looked fe- good there. Featured so prominently in the issue, which was after the um, literary bent of Unwritten, and you have the, the wartime tales of Unknown Soldier, uh, the Viking book with Northlanders. Going back to the old magic-based fantasy-type uh, Vertigo series with this was very refreshing, and I think they had it planned that way. I uh, yeah. I mean it's it was I mean and, and, and so you're talking about how, how you read it in one book. Imagine how and, and you were able to see, you know, over the course of a couple hundred pages mm-hmm. menus or, or Xanadu's changes. Um now I'm, I've been reading it monthly. Pretty much monthly. So wow. I mean it's it's uh it was I was you know, I mean, we're talking about like Amazing Spider-Man chomping at the bit waiting for that next issue. Oh, I cool. I need to know what's going on. And and what was nice is that there wasn't anything formulaic. No, the the the, the chapters were there was no chapter that was you know 
not, the first was what two two issues. They're all then two I issues. Think one, well, no, Jack the Ripper. I think was kind of three. Oh, was it? Well, see, that's the one of the nice things about the trade. It's not broken up. That, the, okay. The only thing you see are the chapter headings. They, okay. They don't tip in the covers until the very end. So it just flows. And as far as not being formulaic, what was really neat about it is she loses her powers uh, a quarter of the way in and doesn't get them back. I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. Doesn't get them back till the end. So that, to me, illustrates just how resourceful this woman is, that she can survive for so long in this cyclone of, of paranormal and magic characters and just he throws her into the shit. I mean, she's dumped into the yeah. French Revolution, yeah. and, and she pretty comes out almost entirely unscathed from that, which tells me she's a pretty sharp character. She's very resourceful. Well, she's been around as long as she has. I, and the 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 art, the detail in the art. I mean, we, we say that it's very clean. It's not, you know, we're not talking about hyper detailed like 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 Darrow or Perez or something like that. It's there it, are every pages, line though, is that are. yeah. Well, they yeah, she's. Hadley and, and, and Richard Friend on Inks. Richard they, Friend, they, yes. They, they do a great job together. Guy the, Major the, on Colors. Yes. And, uh, and they, the first issue or two kind of freaked me out because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the character. I'm looking at Xanadu. And then it finally, it, I'm like, I, I, I was looking at her, at, at, at what she had on her feet or around her ankles because, because she's, she's walking kind of like a woodland animal. She's a wood nymph for almost like a satyr. So see, so it's so, so. I mean, she's over here. It looks like I mean the way that the sticks are, are and the branches are wrapped around her, the bottom of her legs. It's, it's like she's walking like like she's a deer, and it's just little things that just you know you might overlook any other time. But I was just so drawn in. No pun intended. It was just it. It just the whole thing sucked me. In. I mean, even, even and her foot is elongated, yes. like like a deer's would be, right? And the ankle is is pulled back where it it looks like. She is not like part part woodland creature, which surprised me because if her powers are based in the green, maybe there's a chance we'll see Swamp Thing somewhere along the line. That'd be neat. That would be very neat. I haven't gotten to any uh, any part of them mentioning the green. And sorry, I had to. I'm back now. My dog was sick. <laughs> oh, um, have they? They've mentioned the green. No, no. They've mentioned oh, the okay. endless. Uh, but they have, they've never mentioned the green. They, and there's a, a sudden, a kind of subtle hint about the helmet of fate too. Because, yes. Because, um, the Phantom Stranger says in one of the arcs that this is absolutely necessary to happen because it will give rise to a ruler who will open the tombs of Egypt, which mm-hmm. will unearth, uh, an artifact of uh, immense, exactly immense power. Going. Yeah, and then they, <laughs> Matt Wagner specifically uses the word order. Like, or I think he said lords of order or something of order, which meant to me that the helmet of fate is, is going to play a part in this somewhere along the line. That's cool. It's still weird to me that they're, they're kind of mixing the, uh, the universes there because they've, they've just been so conscious of, of distancing vertigo from that so i'm i'm really glad that they're allowing the uh the two sandboxes to trade toys a little bit you know what it feels yeah. like to me though is is it's um this i you know you mentioned fate and of course uh, we mentioned we've seen the specter and 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 zatara not that he, he he beans anything 
to where I'm going. But who she slept with? Lucky. The, yes. <laughs> and 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 you got to see you got to see some boobs, Vince. You did. Um, little floppy, the, but that's okay. The, she's old, dude. So uh, terrible. She's no like Susie. Sue's. No. She's no Susie. <laughs> High and tight. It, it, just the characters that that are popping up in this series just remind me of of the old. Justice Society, the Roy Thomas Justice Society era of heroes. So I, I don't, I don't really. Obviously, they are doing some sort of mingling, but I don't, I don't feel like, oh my God, this is eventually going to be the specter that 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 that's now Crispin, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like. I don't that it doesn't feel like that to me. It's not to say it, that isn't the way it is. It very well could be the same character. It just, right. it 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 still feels like it's it's a it's a separate universe even though these are the same characters but as an illustrator this what ms reader hadley has done over the course of 10 issues if someone came to me and said okay this is what i have planned for 10 issues i would like you to illustrate it a monumental task because not only does she have to draw different eras she's got to do the the dress the dress yes. styles the costumes of of the french revolution and the it's the a little, time of, little research heavy a little <laughs> you, all right draw camelot okay geez yeah. that's tough on its own but but yeah. then you know draw the the era right before the world war one or during world war one then you know what after all this we're going to shoot you into space and you have to make sense out of that too a monumental job that she did with this and there's one page well, two pages in particular that stand out out of all the ten issues as the absolute best, in my opinion. The sequence where she's doing the binding spell to try and capture the Phantom Stranger, where it's just a series of, of different sized panels on the bottom, and then there's a long um, vertical on the right. That's Steranko good design. <laughs> am, I, am I right? It, it's really it. incredible, and it, and the there's a, almost a musical quality to the way that she lays these panels out. Well, there's there's the the artwork is I, I would describe it as being delicate. It mm-hmm. is a really really delicate style. It's it's uh, yeah, it, it's perfect for the book. It's, Bit of a uh, risk though, because the first two issues look nothing like the last two. So I could see someone yeah. coming into this series thinking, mm, you know what, this isn't my bag, but there's a change up with the next two issues and then there's another change up with the two after that so it there's it's consistent overall but there's a lot of leeway in between chapters of this book yeah and that, and what i mean what a what a compliment to the artist to be able to uh, to be able to, to to change styles like that she's and, phenomenal and, and do it strategically yeah it's pretty Definitely pretty, pretty phenomenal on, on my radar and and just the ethnicity of the different characters in the different time periods the, amazing i can't praise this enough it's just fantastic and mr wagner knows his magic <laughs> you know and this i guess this could be another testament to her the uh i have 11 and 12 and i haven't read them yet wow and it's it's and and they're they're illustrated by kaluda oh <laughs> oh wow who does so have a history with the character exactly yeah and and uh and I think a couple of the issues, I have an issue or two. Well, I, I have a, uh, the cover where she has the, uh, has the card game with death. That is a cover by, um, Frank Whiteley. Uh, but I do have an issue or two where Kaluta did do the cover because I think a couple of the issues they had variant covers for. The, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to wait for the rest of 
this arc to finish and then I'll read them all in uh in one sitting but I just I I think she's just a great fit she works she seems to work very well with Wagner but I I now this is who I when someone says Madame Xanadu I yeah Kaluta has history with the character but this is kind of who I hers is the version I I tend yeah. to see now you know yeah. I'm almost afraid to read the issues that come after 10 because as far <laughs> no really as far as I'm concerned this is a pretty it's much yeah it, it ends with uh, Madame Xanadu in a manner that we've seen her before so she's right. come uh, we're we've we've caught up with her now it's all new yeah so I, and th- as far as that quietly cover goes I love Frank quietly but she trumped him with the uh the death <laughs> oh cover okay just, see yeah. I didn't I, I didn't see that one it, and I love I love the detail that how, how ornate her covers can be. Oh yeah, yeah. <gasps> she's fantastic. And yes. like I on my damn radar, this is just cool. a beautiful, beautiful book, amazing. And I got to thank David for recommending it as uh, much as I have to thank Chris for recommending Thunderbolts too. You guys were right well, on the money. Well, that's 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 not fair though. I mean, well, I'm not comparing the two <laughs> works, but I did I did enjoy. But it was based on your nudging. Yes, I did enjoy Thunderbolts, not as much as and your constant haggling, Madame Xanadu. And you, if you read this trade paperback you will find out why she takes that name mm-hmm. because that's not a real name and you'll find no. out what her real name is too yes. in the first chapter amazing book go out and buy it definitely yeah. hey guys this is whitehead customs on the forums he's on the first time caller i just wanted to thank you guys for uh helping me through some uh long boring days i've listened to Every podcast uh, you've put out, uh, something I was wanting to tell uh, Jason, I just recently purchased the uh, Transformers Season 1 on DVD, and uh, when I was opening it, there was a little pamphlet inside where you could actually order the uh, Transformers graphic novels, All Hell Megatron and stuff like that, and and I just wonder why Marvel and DC don't do stuff like that. I know Jason brought that point up uh, several episodes ago, but when I saw that, it's the first thing that I thought of. Uh, you'd think uh, Marvel and DC, maybe when you opened up the Iron Man DVD, would have had something in there about you know ordering the Iron Man comic book, but it looks like the guys on the other titles are getting it right. I just want to thank you guys for all you do. Uh, try to stay sober and have a great week. Bye. I do have other thanks, and okay. I've been I've been forgetting to do this, and I'm kicking myself because of that. I have to thank Frankie the Dildonator for sending me Death Defying Devil one to four, and today I got a package from him containing Cyber Rad number one, one of the uh, Death Watch two thousand books that I didn't have. <laughs> Ian Levenstein picked up a San Diego Comic Con exclusive Witchblade for me. Oh, cool. nice! Yes, and Brian Arnold sent me a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 25. Not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 25 that I needed, but my original copy was pretty much <laughs> mangled. No, it's a Rick Veach issue, so I've read the thing to death. Uh, okay. So now I have a, a real good copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 25. So cool. Nice. They, they go out of their way. So Absolutely. And they are good people. And a friend of the show, Mr. Chris Eden, is uh, one of the hosts of the Geekland podcast. Yep. And they are going to be uh, celebrating their 100th episode soon. I think they're on like 98 now, 97 or 98. So um, 
fire up your iTunes, type in Geekland Podcast, and and get on that because Chris is good people, Biggie. He's he's been a, a supporter of David and my efforts since day one. Yeah, crazy so, guy. So love him as much as you love us. Speaking of loving us, should I read the the uh, blog post that we got? Well, before we do that, since we were just throwing out the the mm-hmm. the mentions before we forget, do it. Uh, there is the uh, there is the contest. Yes, I forgot all about other that. Other than uh, Mr. Adam Bessignotti, Earth six one six on our forum, where you can win uh, a copy of his book, Deus Ex Comica, signed by the author, signed by the cover artist, and signed by the author of the foreword. So that would be Adam, Dave Wachter, and Marvel legend Tom DeFalco. You are sneaky, and you can uh, you can and and the way to win it. Go to the forum, and uh, there is a sticky thread for the forum essay contest. You send Adam an essay. Uh, very simple. I mean, because I think some of us could answer this. It's basically, if you ever left comics, what brought you back? And if you haven't left, if you ever did, what would? What could you see bringing you back to the fold? I think you know a lot of us have have you know for various reasons have have all left comics at one time or another, and uh, mm. the siren song calls you back. So step on the forum, check it out. All the details are there, and uh, it's it's pretty nifty prize because tell for for those signatures. Yeah, that's that, that's not too shabby. Yeah, and you can find our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or 11oclockcomics.com and there's a little tiny cute button that says forum click on that and it'll take you right over to our forum I, i'm one of those i'm one of those guys i uh i i bowed out for a while during during college i think there was a, a lot of us that uh you know 90 91 92 93 whatever um bowed out of the uh, of the hobby and i came back I want, to, I want to say it was probably 90, 99 or so. So I was I was out for about six years or so. And I'm mm. trying to think what comics I came back and started reading. And uh, I remember I you saying, was, but I don't remember uh, exactly what they were. The the ones that I remember coming coming right back and and getting or getting kind of around that time. Um, Straczynski on uh, Rising Stars yes. and mm. and, Mid- and Midnight Nation were two big ones because even though I maybe left the you know left comics for a while I, you know you never you never drop your 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 geek cred all the way and so I was a big fan of Babylon Five and so um, I saw that Straczynski was writing comics so Rising Stars and Midnight Nation and that was about the time that. Ultimate Spider-Man started coming out, and um, I remember checking that out. And and Witchblade, Witchblade was uh, a big one. And uh, gosh, I'm trying. And then uh, yeah, uh, Why the Last Man gets in there somewhere as, as one that uh, that kind of kind of piqued my interest. But uh, but yeah, Straczynski kind of kind of helped bring me back to comics. Wow, I don't leave comics; I leave companies. Yeah, this yeah, is true. I yeah, I, I've never had a period where I. I did not buy comics, but well, was, there, was, there are okay. there are periods where I would, would refuse to buy stuff from certain companies. So, and I I, I have gone and when I left moved out from my dad's place and and was paying for everything on my own. Yeah, comics were one of the first things to go. And uh, but I was never even though I wasn't buying anything month in month out. I definitely flipped through some things at at. at 
at the newsstand or, or the uh, or the bookstore. But I wouldn't, um, you know. I mean, I, I have I would naturally then have gaps. But I, I even if I was kind of maybe flipping through a wizard every once in a while, I kind of just knew what was going. I didn't know everything, but I was you know still aware of of you know I, I found out about. You know, the Magneto taking the metal off of Wolverine's skeleton and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just things like that. And Superman Red and Blue, which I never read, but so I didn't read, you know, Final Night. And of course, it was kind of perfect timing because once, um, they came out with, uh, with Emerald Twilight, it was kind of a, a good time for me to say, see you later anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, so there were, there were times where it just, it, it, it was economic sense for me not to but uh yeah no it was it was late 90s or early it was i think around the first x-men movie where um i started to to take a look and see what was really going on and the rest is history you know it's weird because there are mainstays that i will always buy no matter what and oddly enough it's not stuff from marvel and dc even when i turned away from marvel and and kind of found a little bit of solace in DC, I would always buy, say, Savage Dragon. I would always buy Love and Rockets or Swamp Thing. The the, the independent books ne- almost n- never seem to leave my radar, but I turn away from the, the superhero stuff from some, for some reason. I don't know why. Well, you know, well, I, a big part of that, and it's something that we've all learned at this point, is that they're soap operas, and, you know, if you watch uh, All My Children for... 15 years and then you leave for 10 years you can come back and pick it right back up and you'll be fine and, mm. and it's the same thing if you haven't read fantastic four in since the burn run you know what you can pick up this first issue that hickman and, <laughs> yeah. and eagle sham and mounts are doing and you know what you can hop right back into it yep. hard to hard to do that on a book like love and rockets because that you know or strangers in paradise or you know any other any other long running um, independent book. I mean, because there's 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 story that happens that matters, and it's it's less soap opera and it's more it's it's more um, driven, you know, character developed story. That, that, miss, that's how I feel about it anyway. Oh, you're, so. I think you're right. If you miss at the most five issues of Savage Dragon, you will go back to that book not knowing what the hell is going on, because yeah, yeah. he changes that up constantly, which is a a, a credit to his. Uh, Credit to the book, really, that he he tries to keep it fresh and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read the email now. Yes, okay. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Let's just get it over with because we do need to address this. Because <laughs> I, over with. No, well, I, you I, say we do. but okay. I think we do because there's a lot of uh, misinterpretation Craziness? going is this on. Gonna, is this going to is this going to be one of those piss me off kind of things? I don't think so. Is this going to be another Regina? No, because it's directed mostly <laughs> at me. Which is cool. That's why I wanted to address it. And it's, it kisses your ass. So you should be happy. Me? Um, yes. Uh, this oh. is from Mr. Matty Jets, who left this on our Libsyn blog page. I think it's interesting that Vince B. seems to look down his nose at Blackest Night, but things like Deadpool, Merc with a Mouth, and X-Force, Cable, X-Force, and he has question mark, exclamation point, are worth spending money on. And as for his idea about polybagging the rings with the comics, I hope the hell you were kidding because I remember the 90s and the bagging trend was horrible. I'm just going to address the first part of this and then we'll move on to the second. I did not look down my nose. I'm Blackest Night. I'm just now buying it. I am yeah, not he- pointing, pointing fingers at anybody who is. If, if, if you enjoy it, 
then by all means spend your More money on it. Too. Great. Yeah, you 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 just made you just made a a consumer's decision to say, you know what, I'm going to sit this event out. Right. And there's nothing in the but, world wrong with doing that. But, right. but wait. Okay, I do okay. think you are crazy no. about about cable and 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 Deadpool and Well, which leads into the second part of this. But I was just okay. going to say what kind of a barometer of good comics would I be if I did not recognize the skill of Jeff Johns and company. The Sinestro Corps War is incredible. And everything I've read up to Blackest Night, including the first issue with the tombstone and the the black hand grabbing it, I think it was the prelude to Blackest 43. Night. Just great stuff. But once I got wind of how many books this was going to cross over into, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. Nothing. It's not a question of quality at all because it's solid stuff. And Good for DC, but I, I, I will not be chomped into buying oh, wait, that many wait. books. So, so, so you can you can be you Vince B can be mocked Hi. for knocking Blackest Night, but yet when someone knocks X Force, a book that you enjoy, that's that's not. Um, yeah, it is a little bit uh, how contradictory. Do you say? Oh, okay, yeah. that's yeah. what I was looking but for. That, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Buy, buy and read what you want and right. enjoy. You know, the, you like you, you like X Force. It 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 scratches your comic itch, and you know what? That's what it's about. It's about reading what you enjoy. It's your money. It's your money, and everybody has different tastes. And it's like you like Red Hulk, and I'm giving you shit about that earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm I'm just not interested in that. But you know what? If you if that puts a big old grin on your face at the end of the night, whenever you need an escape, read it. Have fun yeah. with it. Don't listen to my dumb ass make fun of you. That's, That's right. just you know because I'm an old crotchety bastard and if you have fun with it have fun with it man that's right. that's You're right. that's awesome and i was kind of serious with polybagging the rings to the to the books but i thought about it a little further in between episodes and i think it would be really cool and would save the comic shop owners a hell of a lot of effort and the need to expend money and resources on these plastic rings which are essentially a promotion for DC's books, I think they should have inserted coupons into the books and polybag them and let you send for your own rings as many as you know you have a coupon for. That would have eliminated any kind of what are we going to do with these rings? Are we give them to people who buy the books? Or are we going to give them to people who you know what I mean? That, that, that gray area of, taking it out of the retailers' hands. Now, now you, the retailers exactly has the rings. The, the retailers will reap the benefits from the coupons by selling the books, and DC will do that which. They should be doing, and that's dispersing the rings. If yeah. they're gonna if they're gonna do a promotion, let them take care of it. Why should the yeah. comic shop owners do it? Well, they do enough. Saying, yeah. What? No, comic shop owners do half of what they should. They they but, they, um, they, that's they a whole recently other update discussion. the uh, they changed the um, yeah. I saw that on the bleeding cool. Yeah, it's now it's it's now a hundred. You, you'll get a hundred rings and not they uh, and not and not just fifty. Right. Yeah, which is cool. I still, I, I still think that you should have to buy the comics Absolutely. that they have to order. Absolutely. Right. One, which kind of ties ring, in? One a ring. Yep. One a ring. Buy booster gold. One a or, ring. Or, buy or the you, Or if someone just wants the rings, then they could buy a set of rings for however much the full amount those books would right. retail for. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. yeah whatever. Whatever. Okay. Um, was and there any, the, anything else there? Yes, the second part of his uh, message. This is where he goes really crazy. This, this is where you shine. Chris Neesman huh? pretty much saves the show. <laughs> yeah, but... 
yeah, so we know Mr. Chris, Matt, Mr. Matty has issues. The address to the... Uh, As uh, usual, his comments and insights seem to be the most intelligent. And not to harp on Vince, but Jesus, we're all thrilled that you enjoyed the horror comics book from four years ago. But did we really need a 45-minute long book report from a guy drinking a Diet Pepsi? And this this is where I get a little ticked because... Because it's a Pepsi, Diet Pepsi Max, damn it. No. Or whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, if the Diet Pepsi thing is a jab, he better sharpen his knife. But what I'm, say, what I'm trying to say is if you are going to shit on the history then you're going to be just another dumbass with an opinion that doesn't mean anything because it's not grounded in facts. That's all I'm trying to do is give you guys a little glimpse into what has come before because it has bearing on what's going on right now. I love Com- the show. No, comic book history is very important. You, you, see, you see the trends and the 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 uh, of the different eras, and then you realize that, hey, it's not so much different now. Speaking well, of, speaking I, of, I, actually, I I, oh. I I appreciate the compliment, but we are we are all buddies, and we I yeah, all, and I didn't all, call all, him all a dumbass. No, I said I, I, I said you, people, I know you. you know, people without opinions based in fact are just stroking yeah. it. They're just and, whacking off yeah. in public. Okay, so. okay. And, and I don't want to I don't want to slap us on the back um, more than just a second here, but. One of the things I love and look forward to this every week is that we all have very, very different opinions and different approaches to stuff, and that's why I think um, quite a few people listen is because I think that um, if you're out there listening, that that one of the four of us is probably going to have a similar opinion to you, and I'm glad that we all four are very different, and but but have some you know commonality in in what we like, but we're all we're all different, which is cool. So I'm and, sorry, and, David, that I was walking. No, no that's okay. one thing, Mr. Jets. Do me a favor, humor me just for for ten minutes of your time. Google Skywald and do a search for images, and just take a look at the art that comes up. Okay, and I think that'll pretty much speak for itself. That's all. I'm just begging you. That's all. Re- research Skywald. Okay. Yes. So there, there we go. There was a um, as as I tend to do. I was digging through the. Uh, was cleaning the room a bit and and making room for some crap and getting rid of some old crap and I came across Amazing Heroes number one thirteen cover date March fifteenth nineteen eighty seven and it basically and and it's got a uh, Mike Kostovich cover of of Justice Machine and on the top of the cover it says there's a tribute and an interview to Gardner Fox because he died in nineteen eighty six uh, so this is officially a fanzine flashback there you go. We have not had one of these in a while. I know. Speaking and, of comic history, since, since, right? Exactly. It and 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 how things stay the same or change. Um, there's a newsline item: uh, the hullabaloo over DC's new set of guidelines. Shaken Miller Moore Wolfman vow to leave DC. <laughs> in response, well, we know one of them did permanently. <laughs> in response Which one? to. Increasing more. pressure. Yeah, which one? Which one of these don't belong? Wait, uh, no, res- no. Well, who was who was the list again? I'm sorry. Shaken, uh-huh. Miller, Moore, uh-huh. Wolfman. Uh-huh. Okay. In response to increasing pressure from distributors and retailers who are alarmed at the mature, in quotes, contents of some comics, DC has announced its intention of creating a set of ratings or guidelines for its comics. Although DC initially conceived its rating system as consisting of three tiers with comics rated general, mature, and adult, 
The company recently announced that it will, in fact, only use the mature advisory. General-rated books will, as before, continue to appear with no advisories, save for the traditional comics code stamp, and DC has no plans to initiate any adult comics. According to DC, the titles will be rated mature. The titles that will be rated mature include Swamp Thing and Vigilante, both of which have carried advisories over the past year, the latter intermittently, as well as Watchmen and the upcoming Shadow series by Andrew Helfer and Bill Sienkiewicz. Shaken's 1986 Shadow miniseries also carried an advisory. Before the ratings were officially announced, a group of 24 major comics professionals from DC and Marvel responding to the two companies' plans to implement ratings ran a full-page ad in the Comics Buyer's Guide protesting the idea. When the new guidelines, in quotes, were formally announced in January, four of the creators, Howard Shaken, Frank Miller, Alan Moore, Frank Miller, who they mentioned twice, okay, and Marv Wolfman, went on record saying that they would, when their respective contracts ran out, no longer work for DC if it adhered to the plan. The four protesters were responsible for the lion's share of DC's major critical or commercial direct sales coups of 1986, including... Watchmen, The Shadow, Dark Knight, Swamp Thing, Batman Year One, The History of the DC Universe, and the continuingly popular Teen Titans. John Byrne and George Perez, who were behind DC's other big shots of the year, Legends and Wonder Woman and the revamped Superman titles, have not threatened to quit, but both were among the signatures of the original document, as were Sienkiewicz, Mark Evanier, and DC mainstays Steve Bissett, Jerry Ordway, Dave Gibbons, Mike W. Barr, and Len Wayne. No further word has been heard on the subject of guidelines or ratings from Marvel, where the idea has reportedly been shelved. Major companies currently using advisories of one kind or another include Arrow, Comico, Continuity, Eclipse, okay, Fantagraphics, Books, Kitchen Sink, and Renegade Press. Wow. Okay, so, so they were going to start doing um, advisories or ratings, and the creators got very upset about it. Yes. Okay. Not not the top tier creators. If they pulled out, geez, that yeah. would be a hell of a loss for DC. And it's interesting at that, the time. That, that that at the time they would have considered this, I guess, censorship. Whereas now, I mean, we we talked about this a couple months ago, and it was a thread on the forum, and 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 we know Marvel self rates their books, and some of them. Yeah. Make me shake my head because you know there are times where I don't think every issue of Amazing Spider-Man is is a for all ages. But um, you know, then, then then you might have a Max title where someone's got a gun, but it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's cursing. So I mean, sometimes it's just it's it's kind of across the board. But you know, I don't think anybody at Marvel these days. I I, I don't see. I wouldn't think Matt Fraction or Bendis or Brubaker would turn around and leave Marvel and say, "Listen, you rated that book." T plus and it should have been A. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Know. But is that why they were all upset? Is because they thought it was some sort of censorship, or it's I've... that's? I mean, based on on this little article, that is what 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 I'm guessing is that because because mm-hmm. why else would they be upset if if the publisher, if the company that they're writing for, wanted to um, label a book mature or adult? Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So Which maybe is it's just, very you know, commonplace at the other company right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's just weird thinking of it in in 2009 standards. You know, for a story that was in 1987 which was you know a lot of people consider the you know 1986 the year that comics kind of grew up i guess 
Oh uh, yeah, it's you know it brought the you know brought the brought the dark and gritty into comics, and comics aren't for kids anymore. But I mean, it, it seems like artistically that that's where most of those creators were going was for mature comics, mm-hmm. and for them to say you can't label them what we have worked very. Um, very consciously and, and very hard to make them. That seems a little odd to me. So, mm-hmm. oh, this, this this last one's for Vince. Solson vows no more crap. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Solson Printing, which has been offering printing services to various new publishers, will be cutting back on accepting printing assignments from publishers whose work it considers to be below par. <laughs> Citing titles like GI Jack Rabbits, The Protectors, and Ninja Masters. President Gary Brodsky. <laughs> says his company has already canceled two accounts and has refused a lot of others who were planning books that would just add to the garbage glut. <laughs> this move, according to Solson, consti- constitutes an effort to cut down on the amateurish and unsaleable books that have caused the current sales crisis in black and white comics. The output of Solson's publishing's arm include Reagan's Raiders, The Amazing Wazoo, and How to Publish Comics. There you go. <laughs> you know that that pretty much amused you and myself. And that's, yeah, that's about say, it. You, you, you lost me. What's up, Philson? That's what we talked about last week during well, we, the Skywald. Yeah. We mentioned uh, oh. Gary Gary Brodsky, Saul Sons yeah. Publishing okay. uh, yeah. Company, and David. It was oh, Zatochi oh, okay. Walrus. Because okay. I was I was going through a box and I I saw Gary's little smiling face in the upper uh, left hand corner. So yeah, it was Solson. What's up, eleven o'clockers? It's Haas. It's been a while. Just wanted to say hey. I'm enjoying the show. Also, I decided I'm gonna copyright the name Eleven O'clockers since I'm the one that made it up. But it seems like everyone that's been calling has been using that, and I just want my credit. All right, don't um don't Jack Kirby me, okay? I'm just saying. Actually, don't stand leave me. That, that's better. Don't stand leave me. All right. Wait, 11 clockers. That's right. I came up with it. Haas, I'm out. I love his Hey, um, speaking of, of, of Skywald, um, yes. that a little wordplay, I saw the trade for Sky Doll this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Vince, th- this seems like right up your alley. No, David, have you have you read that? I think I saw a preview of the first issue that that, that Marvel reprinted yeah, last yeah, year. That, that, I haven't looked yet. Yeah, because that's a reprint of a European comic, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. All the uh, all the Solio books are right. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Oh, I have the original issues of Heavy Metal in which those stories oh. appeared. So I uh-huh. didn't buy the Marvel book, but I have heard that the translation of the Marvel edition is closer to the original work. So maybe I will pick it up. And in this issue of previews, the Marvel previews, the second two-issue series, is uh, the first issue is solicited. So if you like the first one, check out the second. She's hot. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks it looks gorgeous. It's... Uh um, what was that? What was that ridiculous uh, animated movie um, with uh, Brad Pitt and uh, Cool World? Cool World. Yes. It, it reminded me a lot of Cool. That was uh, Bashy, wasn't it? Ralph Bashy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I had the one sheet poster for that when Ooh, it came out. Yeah, nice. That's pretty much the best part of the the whole yeah. experience yeah. was the one sheet poster. Yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Um, I won't go into it now. This. Um, 
the same issue has in the interview that I mentioned with Gardner Fox is uh, Gardner Fox is interviewed in his home in Yonkers by uh, Richard Morrissey, Ken Gale, he was Al, Smiths. Al, uh, <laughs> Al uh, Ternianski, and our favorite, Mark Grunwald. Grunwald. Yeah, so I'll, 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 uh, I'll read that interview probably this weekend and uh, cool. pick out the good parts from it. I've been trying to catch up on my free comic book day books. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm all over the map. But I did read the Bongo comics free for all. Oh, okay. But there, that's, I think that's an underappreciated company. The, mm-hmm. the Simpsons and the, the, the Futurama books are always a lot of fun. But the reason I mention this, and if go out and support Bongo because they make really great comics. But they do make did, great you, comics. did you know, as of issue 50... <laughs> that was cute. There is a much beloved artist that is going to be working on uh, Bart Simpson. He's been called the fastest draw in the West. Do you know who's going to be cartooning for uh, Bongo Comics? No. Oh, damn. Sergio Aroganes. No way. Will be doing Bart Simpson. Yeah, I, he's going to write a story each issue, and he's going to draw, I think it's a Maggie-specific story in each issue. Sergio is working for graining. How about that? That's pretty cool. And I did uh, advance order the issue, so I want to see what he's capable of. Well, I'm pretty much assured it's going to be good. But the thing that gets me about the Simpsons comics, they're fun and they're well-drawn and well-written. Are they done in one? Yes. Okay. But no, the, and it's comics. it's not no, just there, done there, in one. There are huge, there's huge 12, 12 part overlapping story arcs. But awesome. no, they do, see you jest. They do have some um, longer stories, but it's not the norm. Like there was a Simpsons Futurama crossover, and I oh, think wow. la- last month, oh, that's cool. The Simpsons, the Bart Simpson book, and the Simpsons Spectacular crossed over, and all the covers interlocked. But anyway, I'm getting away from the what I was saying. Oh. They're well-done comics, and they're always enjoyable, but I have to admit that the standard animation line does tend to get tedious after a while, depending on who draw, who inks it, because there's very little variation in the line. It's in the style employed for the show, which necessitates a pretty clean line, because to have the consistency between frames, you have to have a line that's not in the neighborhood of Paul Pope. It's got to be the same thickness, but... That's why I want to see what Sergio's capable of because a variate, variated line with the Simpsons, oh, that would be cool. That would be. One, one, of, my, yes. one of my favorites uh, are the, the Treehouse of Horror. Oh, I always buy those, yeah. do. Oh, they're so awesome. And uh, uh, Hillary, of course, uh, does some oh, great Simpsons stuff. And uh, oh, his, his stuff in, in the in the um, in the Treehouse of Horror is, is awesome. But my favorite was uh, Eric Powell. Oh yeah, yeah. Eric Gene, Powell does kick ass Simpsons. Gene Colan too. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. And the Treehouse. the upcoming Treehouse of Horror number fifteen is going to be an indie comics heavy uh, Treehouse. That's CF old. did a story. See, yes, Jeffrey Brown, I think, oh. has one in there. Yeah. See, what's very cool is that you know the Simpsons have been around for years, and mm-hmm. it's not. It, it's neat that Bongo, the people that run it, the, the people that do the work for Bongo, know that uh, seem to know comics. I mean, they have an indie-specific, indie-centric issue mm-hmm. where you know you wouldn't normally. I mean, you know, yeah. Now 
we're getting Strange Tales Max from Marvel and 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 which looks awesome by the way. Yeah, and and you know, indie creators should get and, and Paul Pope of course is in Wednesday Comics every week and and you have you you know those that know know who these creators are, but to have but, but but for a company like Bongo, who you know you could there could be weeks without anybody mentioning anything from Bongo, and and it's The Simpsons, and and to have a Simpsons comic where they're using indie creators to tell the stories, I, I think that's really nifty. Yep, yep. But it's like the sun rising in the morning. You can pretty much depend that the Bongo comics are going to be of a certain quality every month, and that quality yes. is good. It's just that, like the kids books from boom you're going to have a, a segment of comic buyers that are going to look down upon them as kid stuff and the simpsons ones really aren't i mean there there's pretty adult humor not not you know they don't work blue but there there's stuff that would definitely go over like the show go over a child's head so if you like mm-hmm. the show you'll like the comics basically yeah i think so yeah it looks like um i saw it in the latest comics buyers guide they were talking about the uh the Red Circle books. Uh, Hillary, I think, is inking the web, or at least the yep. first issue. Yes. Very cool. Yes. Always good to see Hillary working. Absolutely. Yep. Hell yeah. He's, he's awesome. Hillary's going to do a big old inkers panel for us at, uh, at uh, Windy City with uh, uh, Tom Nguyen and Christian Alame and, and uh, Bill Reinhold. Wow. Bill yeah. oh, Reinhold. Yikes. That's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're call, we're You're going to be the, there, David. Yeah, he'll be. At, yeah, David will be at that panel. I have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually we're actually calling it the Ink Well of Knowledge. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, hopefully I won't be the only guy in the panel in in, in attendance at the panel. I, I have a, I, doubt I have that. a feeling. I have a feeling. Uh, as much as people love Hillary, and not not to say that they don't love uh, the other guys, but. Uh, um, Hillary has a lot of lot of, lot of fans out there. It's, uh, he's a he's a great guy, and it's going to be uh, going to be cool to have him up on a panel, waxy and poetic with with his fellow inkers. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, so. let's see what we got. I think we're we're nearing our conclusion here. Yeah. We we still we, have, we some have time. We, well, we have a, a Jason Wood sized hole in this episode. Yeah, tiny hole. Um, <laughs> okay, well, if he was here, what do you think? <laughs> it's, it's more of a glory hole. Yes. Hey. You, you know what I would think Jason would want to talk about? I think glory he would holes. want us... Back in- <laughs> no, just how good the Mr. Negative mini- miniseries was. David, did you read that? I didn't, because it's a mini. I was going to wait for it to be collected. Oh, and But I know, I and- saw your tweet, and I'm like, oh, you suck. No, in all honesty, it's like three extra issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Why they didn't save it for the main book and decided to put it out as a mini, other than getting an extra dollar per issue, is beyond me. Because it includes backstory and insight into Mr. Negative that really, in my opinion, should be in the main title. They, okay. they divulge a lot of information on Mr. Negative. Wow. Fred Van Lenty is kicking ass. What he yes, has done he- with the chameleon... Who has been? A, he he put the Doctor Light spin on the chameleon. Not a joke anymore. No. Uh, dissolving people in vats of acid and stealing their identity. He's badass. Yeah. And uh, did you read six oh three? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Mackin with, with Peter's ladies. Yeah. 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 That. Um, That's going to cause some problems down the line. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, not only the Mackin, but um, cutting Flash down the size. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Let's tell uh, Chris what happened. The chameleon stole Peter Parker's identity. Okay. And Peter was going to a photo shoot with featuring Flash Thompson, who is currently paralyzed from his time Mm -hmm. overseas in the Iraq Mm -hmm. War. Is he paralyzed Uh, or did he lose the legs? Well, yeah, he lost his legs. But that's, yeah, so that's paralyzed. Um, and the, the on the way to the photo shoot, which Peter was going to be the one taking the photos for the front line, mm-hmm. he, uh, the chameleon happened to look through Peter's yearbook in trying to gain as much information on Peter's identity as he possibly could to facilitate uh-huh. his taking over of his character. And he saw Flash's inscription in Peter's book, which said something to the effect of puny like Parker puny or stay or, puny. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so the chameleon is in the, the car with flash. And he said, uh, to flash, he laughs to uh, himself. And then flash well, asked what's so funny. And he said, um, who's the puny one now? Oh, yeah. So oh. that was, it, it was heartbreaking. Cause I'm at flash is a human being and they've made him into a pretty three dimensional one for the, over oh, the years. And 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 Chameleon is just going by a, a scribble in a yearbook, and and Peter and Flash have basically, I mean, any 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 wrongdoings Flash right. has done is all water yeah. under the bridge yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he cuts him to the quick, and Flash just didn't know what to say, and it affected him so much that during the photo shoot he couldn't even smile. He right. was still stunned. Like, uh, sure. let's just we assume, like be. an hour later. Yeah, it was nuts. It was that's Fred Van Lanty. He's doing a great job on the, yeah. on the Spider books. Messing Talented with MJ. Dude. Yep. You're yep. not her. We could never compete with that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. He's, he's at a, a little meeting with, with MJ, and he, he uh, has a photo of um, Gwen. Didn't he have a photo? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Of and the he, two of he them said, they were protesting or something. And, yeah. and MJ was just like, well, you know, we have had our ups and downs. And he said, that's just because you're not her. <laughs> it was nuts. Oh, man. But, but so there Fred was is, some. It's really, really fucking with Peter's life again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end, um, there will be steps taken to right that. But in, in the meantime, the chameleon's yeah, running roughshod all over Peter's shit. Well, yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter's used to it. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The part where he, he got up and started mounting Aunt May, that was a little extreme. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Keep it in the family, dude. Come on. No. Come on, come on. No, come she's on. having a good time with... Uh, mm-hmm. J-J-J-J. So, yeah, read Amazing. I know we harp on it a lot, but it's really good. And uh, the the ties Mr. Negative has to characters in the Marvel Universe is pretty extensive. Cool. Silvermane. Oh, Osborne. my God, get out of here, really? Yes, Osborne. Um, he has swayed some of Osborne's uh, trusted um, assassins to go over to his side. Yeah, it's pretty nuts how much are, influence are we, this guy has. Are we getting pretty close to the to the Dark Reign thing wrapping up? Is is Osborn getting so. ready to get his comeuppance? Yeah, because yeah. we're so. well, are we working on a year now? I think uh, December. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where this this list series of books is. Uh, these one shots are, are going to lead into is that uh, I think we're going to. I mean, we know Osborn's practically in just about every. Marvel book right now, but now that we have these books list of books, oh, darn it. I, th- Vince, I think yeah, Vince is breaking up. Are you? I tell you what, we'll talk Dark Rain for a couple minutes and see if see if you fade back in. Okay. I think okay. Um, I think we're we're now that we have the list. I, I it's possible that that Osborne might be starting to bite off 
more than than he could chew because he's. I mean, he he's got the resources, so I, I don't want to say he's spreading himself too thin. But it's I, I think we're almost at that time where yeah, I think people that are reading it are like I I think we're ready for either him to cut his comeuppance or, or for a change. Yeah. Well, did you did you read Daredevil five hundred? Damn Skippy, which was fantastic. It, it really was really satisfying um, end to to Brubaker's run on the book and 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 left uh, you know left the character in a in a very very interesting position for for the future of Matt Murdock and yes. and really more Daredevil than Matt Murdock. It's I think I think Matt Murdock is kind of um going to get pushed to the um to the back burner. And this is really going to be a Daredevil uh book again from, you know, from from all accounts that you're seeing. But uh as Andy Diggle gets ready to take over the yes. book. But everything I'm seeing is that it's going to be kind of like um, Norman Osborn hunting down Daredevil as part of Black or Dark Reign. Is, oh, is I that, see. Is, is, they're you know, going to, it looks like they're going to incorporate Daredevil into the Marvel Universe more than than he has been. I mean, he's been very street level, you know, during during the end of the Bendis run and even during the beginning of the Brubaker run with, with, with Iron Fist and... and uh, filling in for him and he's kind of just like Brubaker was able to do with Captain America, able to keep the characters he's writing in their own little world, keep them in a bubble away from the big goings on. So whether, uh, you know, it's, it, it, as far as him being a street level type character, it's, um, it's, yeah, he he belongs (laughs) where he belongs, but it's quite frankly, but where, and, and, when you hear Norman Osborn, great. So now you think of Dark Avengers or Utopia with 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 Uncanny X Men or Dark X Men. You have all these other all these other uh, pies. When it, when it, whenever whenever I think of of Norman Osborn in the Dark Reign world, I think of um, world um, event level chess player. He's oh. moving pieces around a board on on a global scale. He is he is he is a global player working for global power. A Daredevil doesn't fit into that equation. No, so why but, not? Well, in, until the end of Daredevil 500, where all of a sudden he might be in the position to be a a global player. True, right? But it, what's the but if if we see. If we picture Norman as a as a global player, why can't he get his hands dirty by by going down to the street? Guys, why should he? What? Well, what that's why he's sending out bullseye. What reason? That's why the hood is there. And Norman, well, Nor- Norman Osborn shouldn't care about Daredevil in unless they unless they tie in. Should we spoil what happened in Daredevil five hundred? Well, it's at five hundred. I mean, well, we we can't. I mean, what what happens in in five hundred is and and. They've done this to the character twice now. Bendis gave him the Brubaker in a way that Brubaker had to, and and I don't want to say make his way out of this mess like like Bendis was like, ha ha. Now yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, they they was deliberate, but yeah, left so, him in the so, middle of a storyline. Exactly. So so Ed had to get his way out of that, just like Andy now has to. You know, a- Andy can't exact. Andy Daigle's not going to go in and write about Nelson and Murdoch attorneys at law, not right away. Oh. Oh. And uh, and you had the the preview to the list. Which kind of, which I guess kind of proves your point where it's, 
yeah, it's he's Osborne it, is if, taking this as as <laughs> Daredevil's calling me out. If if Daredevil, if the Daredevil book is about Norman Osborne going after Daredevil, and it and it doesn't have anything to do with with Norman Osborne's larger plan of global domination, then I call BS. That okay. is that's ridiculous. If it ties into, and I'm gonna spoil Daredevil 500. If you haven't read it, you know, cover your ears. Um, if it has to deal with with uh, Daredevil being the the leader of the Hand and Osborn wanting to use the Hand as part of his uh, you know global intentions, I can see that having you know or Osborn wanting to take over the Hand as in having his own you know legion of assassins, you know, a la Ra's al Ghul. That's uh, you know I can I can see that, but if it's just about you know. You know Daredevil's a jerk, and I'm going to take him out. That doesn't make much sense to me. So, Am I, I still um, static? No, you're you are, great. You, you sound beautiful. Okay. Do you know what the next Marvel crossover slash event is going to be? Their next status quo? I don't know. It's no going idea. to focus on the street-level characters. So you just probably called a big chunk of it. Oh, what's the? Uh, what I don't know what it's going to. I don't know what it's going to be called, but I did see somewhere that the the plans are in motion for a street level event type mm. deal. Yes, Mur- murky murky puddles. <laughs> <laughs> it does make sense that Daredevil would be a threat to Osborn if he was in charge of the hand. That's that's the only thing. It, it's not even a threat to Osborn unless unless Daredevil decides to go after him. But I can see Osborn, you know, like Razagul in the League of Assassins, going, "Oh, hey, you know, I'm going to need to take out a lot of people in the world to keep my position secure." So yeah, having access to a League of Assassins be a big deal. So yeah, I can right. see, I can see, you know, trying to, you know. Rest control from from uh, from Daredevil, uh, you know, from the hand. That would be, you know, that would be kind of cool. But you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, in the Thunderbolts, thank you, Chris. When when the scumbags turn against you, as many of the Thunderbolts have done uh, to Norman, you are a despicable tyrant. And I think Norman's days are pretty much. They won't kill him off, but his position of power is going to be very temporary. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for Doctor Doom to come back and oh yeah, be Doom. Howdy! That's the sound of sizzling eggs. It should be sizzling bacon. And this is forward from the forums. Um, and this is the hour Vince should be out with um Chris next or this weekend at Wizardwell because this is my evening and it. 8 or 9 a.m. and this is my spouse's morning and it's 8 or 9 a.m. Howdy, you? Howdy, Bye. Speaking of Dr. Doom, you want to hear uh-huh. something really cool? I was in uh, Walmart the other day and there is a new line of Marvel. They're not action figures. They're, they're toys. They're called Marvel Universe Handful of Heroes. What, what it is is it's a, a pack of eight one-inch style uh, figures, but they're solid plastic, so there's no articulation at all on them. Remember the muscle figures from way back, David? Yeah. They're kind of like those. You get a random wow. assortment of, of Marvel figures in a, in a pack. Y- you have to jiggle the package just to see which ones are in there, and there's one that's hidden, so you don't know what it is. <laughs> but it, it's basically 
another there uh, there's no rarity from what i could tell but there is a doctor doom figure in this set the weird thing is he has thor's hammer oh shit yes that's oh. not that's crazy that's awesome. That's awesome. there's not a kid on the planet that doesn't read comics that's going to understand why doctor doom has thor's hammer damn skippy <laughs> there there's a a planet hulk figure uh sorry a world war hulk figure there's a gladiator hulk there's a red hulk the obvious ones are here, but there's some really weird choices that they made for this, which I kind of like. There's a UFOs X-ray figure. What kid wow. kn- knows about the UFOs? There's an Armageddon figure. I mean, let's get obscure. But they're, they're $5.99 for a pack of eight, which is kind of expensive when you think these things are only one inch tall. But I will say that the sculpting on such a small figure is really nice. The uh, cool. the Gladiator Hulk is sweet. And each figure comes in three different versions. There's a clear, a clear with speckles, and a colored version. So if you're in the mood to litter your desktop with um, tiny Marvel figures, check this out. There's a Deadpool, which is why I bought it to begin with. That <laughs> and, oh, and Yeah, really neat. So, But when you said Doctor Doom, it triggered. Doctor Doom with Thor's hammer. That's obscure. That's bitch. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So I think we talked enough Marvel. Next time, I think we should finally talk about The Nobody because I read it twice. And I know Jason has been busting our humps to talk about it. Jeff Lemire is a god. Well, yeah. A god. Maybe not the, he's not the god. Just maybe, maybe a demigod. No, he's, he's yes. Good. He's a god. I, I love A him. lower nope. deity. But we'll get into it proper next time. How about yeah, that? Yeah, we might actually talk about a D- Did we talk about any DC books? Yes, yeah, we talked talk about, about Zan- Madame Xanadu. That's a yeah. Vertigo book. Oh, yeah. but it's got DC characters in it now with the whole... Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah, I, you know, this is this is not bullpen bulletins. No, Jason it's goes, not. Jason, Jason goes away for one week, and, and you guys go back to your old habits, <laughs> and... I'm I'm trying to you know, bring some variety here, but no, it's Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. It's Stan the cycle. Jack hey, Kirby. who was waxing eloquent on Daredevil and his future uh, plot developments? And what? Fantastic Four. Yeah, you got it in you. I you just don't Fanta- want to admit lo- it. Love Fantastic Four. Dropping Daredevil for the first time in probably six, seven years. Wow. Not interested. Well, can you wait and see what's going to happen yeah, first? Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm that. Just going by a three-page hey, preview of the list. You know what Vince said about Blackest Night? That's yeah. me and Dark Rain. Just not, just not interested. You know, it's the cycle of comics that we all go through. Yep. Or, yep. yep. I will uh, admit, I'm I'm entrenched in the Marvel now. That's and that's fine. I and the thing is, I've read Daredevil, God, since since forever. And I love Andy Diggle's writing, you know, 99% of the time. And it's it's like, yep, you know, this is, uh, when, when Matt Murdock is walking down the, uh, um, the, the, the steps to, uh, to, for his test to take over the hand, I was like, close the book. And I was like, yep, you know what? It's a good time to, good time to close the book and, and leave it that way for a while. So yeah, nothing, against, nothing against Diggle, nothing against, uh, you know, the character of Daredevil, but I'm like, yep, you know what? Time to read something else. I think I've, I just had my Daredevil story um, told and uh, maybe I'll read just, something else. Just like Uncanny X-Men 200, this was a pretty good time to uh, step aside yep. for a while. Yep, yep exactly. For, 
400 issues. Um, and, and yeah, so maybe I'm replacing Daredevil with Fantastic Four for a while. That's cool. It happens. We all go through it. David, one question before we sign off. Okay. I made the mistake, well, depending on how you look at it, mistake or lucky accident of paging through War Machine. Oh, you're going to ask me a question that I can't answer. Okay. Dave, Dave Mathis loves that book. Yes, he does. Is that Manko that's drawing that? I want to say yes. When did this happen? I mean, Manko was always good, but holy... Greg Pack's writing this, right? I, I, yeah, I didn't really look at the writer okay. because the art just grabbed me by the throat. Yeah, I think it is Manko. Oh, my... I, I don't make a habit of buying Iron Man-related books. Big surprise, but... Yeah, but this is Rhodey. I'm thinking I'm going to pick up the trade. The art is yeah, I am astounding. too. I told, him I, was, I told Dave Mathis I was going to. Yeah, Dave. Dave, Dave like, why aren't you reading War Machine? When did Rhodey get all fucked up? Ah. He looks like he went through a meat grinder. Yeah, they. Uh, we saw that back in the initiative. Oh, I didn't. We did. Well, we did. We didn't see it happen in the initiative. We saw during uh, during the invasion. We saw him under because for the first bunch of issues uh, that uh, Stefano Caselli was drawing. We He never took the helmet off. You never saw him outside the armor, and then all of a sudden we see his face, and it's all, yeah, he's all jacked up. But I just found it odd that someone I don't normally associate with technology, like Manco, I associate gritty and werewolf by night, dark, textured shadows, but it's amazing what he's done. And I don't, I can't detect any computer-aided design going on. Can you? It looks really sleek, but it, it has that that manco kind of grit to it. At the same time, it's nuts. <laughs> uh, so, well, so they, every they, every they, time I open a book, I end up spending more freaking money. Oh, so well, make sure you put War Machine in the show notes. Dave will be happy. All right, I'll do that. Let me write that down right now. And in if your you tri- listen, if you, if you would listen to around comics a couple oh! weeks ago, you, you, yeah, you would have heard you would have heard Dave talking about it, Vince. I'm a little behind. <laughs> you know, I'm a producer of these things as well. <laughs> In your travels, do yourself a favor and pick up Hulk number 14. Your eyes will be massaged by the beauty of Ian Churchill's art. Ooh. Yes. I feel all dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, pick up the trade of a really under-the-radar series that uh, that came out here in the last few months. It was a lot of fun. It's by uh, by Chris Yost and Scott Wegener. It's called Killer of Demons. And wow. was a really, really fun uh, uh, new twist on, uh, on demon hunters and office politics. From Image, right? Yes. Wow. Very okay. cool. That's good. Oh, I see. I just had it. It was I had it written down. I'm a dumbass. Um, I'm gonna leave that part in. You should. <laughs> you should because it is very true. No. God damn it! I just. Oh my god. Well, while you're I, thinking, this X episode, Factor. God damn it! Oh. <laughs> yeah, but for how long? Well, you still can't hush. Don't say yes. that. We don't. Uh, I won't. That. I won't jinx it. This episode has been sponsored by the wonderful DCBS Discount Comic Book Service, which can be found on the web at dcbservice.com. Stop wasting your money and spending too much on comic books because you can get them for significant discounts through DCBS. Anything you want in the previous catalog, they will be able to get it for you at massive discounts. Shipped to your home, great service, great packing, great everything, dcbservice.com, and read X-Factor. Like David said. 
<sighs> For Save- however much longer you can. Yes. Poor Peter David. That's good. <laughs> Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you next week, people. You go bye now. Miss come you, back, Jason. Come, at, come back, Jason. Oh, yeah, what would, what would Jason say to read? Dark Wolverine, Cable in Space, and uh, Merc with a Mouth? <laughs> he wouldn't say Cable or Merc with a Mouth. And he doesn't like Dark Wolverine either, so you were making funny, weren't you? Jason would say read... What, what would Jason surprise us with? He would... Um, he would say Agents of Atlas, and especially the Agents of Atlas backup in Incredible Hercules when that comes out. Okay. And... Read Madame Xanadu. That's what Jason would say. I'm channeling Jason. If he knows what's good for me, he'd say that. Yep. Bye. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah.